0: It was Christmas time, 1973. I had recently been transferred to Memphis to work as the controller of Eller Outdoor Advertising. My wife and I were flying from our new home there to spend the holidays with my family in Bay City, Michigan. We made an intermediate stop at O'Hare with a two-hour layover, so I decided to call some relatives in the area to wish them a Merry Christmas. First on the list was my Aunt Virginia. "'Isn't it awful what happened to Dick?' she said. "'What are you talking about?' I asked. Oh my God, you haven't heard. Just go buy a Chicago newspaper and you can call me back if you like. I hurried down to the concourse until I found a Chicago Tribune vending machine. The headline read, Ex-Cop Kane Shot to Death. My hands were trembling as I dropped a dime in the slot and pulled a copy of the paper. Then I bought the Sun Times and walked back to the waiting area to sit there and read the news about my brother. I wasn't so much surprised that he'd been killed. I knew he'd been living life on the edge but the public nature of his death stunned me. I recall wondering if he was killed as a lesson for someone else, or whether he was really involved in something big enough to have caused his murder in broad daylight in a West Side Chicago diner. By the time we arrived in Bay City, I was pretty much up to speed on what the public knew and was anxious for more details. My father picked us up at the airport, and as we drove away, I waited for him to say something about the death of his firstborn son and perhaps an explanation for why no one had told me. How could that be? How could they not tell me? But he simply drove on, silent, impassive. Finally, I asked, afraid that maybe he didn't even know. That wasn't the case at all. It was just something he'd filed away already. This was how John, JB as we called him, dealt with difficult issues. When we had a discussion about almost any sensitive topic, he shut down, clammed up. His lips got thin His jaw set. That was the signal. In other words, you deal with it by not dealing with it at all. I was furious. How could he not have told me? But fury wasn't an emotion the children of John Kane were allowed. He'd only really seen me angry with him once, and that was the day I moved out of his house. Anger, rage, and fury. That was his turf, not ours. He refused to discuss Dick's death with me. Worse yet, my siblings seemed reluctant to talk as well though their silence was born more of a lack of information, since my father wouldn't talk with them about it either. So we went on with Christmas, pretending that nothing had happened. J.B. had called my sister, Mary Ellen, who was living in Ann Arbor at the time. Maybe because Dick had been closer to her than the rest of us, or perhaps she was just the first one on his list. She asked where Dick had been killed, and when J.B. told her in Chicago, she asked, What was he doing in Chicago? Where else would he be, was his reply. She realized then that J.B. hadn't any idea what Dick had been up to lately. Mary Ellen had recently gotten a postcard from Brazil, so she knew he'd been out of the country and thought it was permanent. She was surprised he would have gone back to Chicago, since she assumed he'd left because he sent some danger there. The next day she drove to Bay City, anxious to talk about it, and was frustrated by J.B.'s reticence. It was as if he believed, if he didn't talk about it, didn't address the death of his son in any way, he wouldn't hurt. He knew at the time that Dick had chosen the road less traveled, but he couldn't have known with any certainty that his son was a bad guy. Even if he did, Dick was still his son.